0: Just heard that introduction from our senior pastor, Dr. Jared Stevens, and we thank God for what God is doing in the life of Champion Forest Baptist Church, his church, the essential church. Don't get this thing twisted. Not just our local congregation, but every church open in the name of Jesus Christ is an essential Church. Truth is that we're all one church, one body. We'll get there in a minute. But just before we get into the Word of God, Heather, so good to see you, uh, get into the Word of God, the whole family for that matter. Um, we want to thank God for our media team. Help me thank God for everybody who's here on today. Help me thank God uh, for our praise team. Um, and and you know what? You got to give some for the saxophonists. You, you got you to give some. For the saxophone, huh? I'm a little partial to that instrument. You know, I played that for quite some time. Can't play like that, but I played that instrument for quite some time. It's just so good to be here and to celebrate in the, the gifts that God has blessed the body with, to celebrate in all that God is doing in the life of the church. Because the truth is that God is active and he's engaged in the world right now. Well, I thought somebody who knew God would be able to testify to that. But for those of us who are listening at home, as well as those who are here, the truth is that God wants us to know that as the body of Christ, there is always good news. As the body of Christ, God is always at work. And even as we embark in this new series that I'm excited about, The Essential Church, God wants us to be able to celebrate that as the church, we made it. Maybe you get that. With all that is happening in the world, all that is happening throughout society, all that we see on the trending news wheel uh, reels, uh, church, we made it. Let me try this again because the reality is is that there are many who may have not made it, but look at all that you've gone through, all that you've been through, and today you can look, you woke up this morning with brand new mercies. You ought to be able to celebrate That is the grace of God that allowed you as a church to make it. Church, we we made it. Now, I'm saying we made it, Alice, uh, but notice I didn't say we made it to church. We as the church, hath made it. Because it's the grace of God that makes us the church. And it's my prayer that, as the church, those gathered in the sanctuary, those listening online at home and abroad, that as the church, we be the church. Come on and pray with me. Father, we come before you thanking you for your strong hand and your guiding hand and how you've blessed us to to know you. Knowing you is worth everything. That you would speak into our lives and and allow us to know you as our Father. Allow us to know you as Holy God. May we never take that lightly, that gift of grace that you guided our lives by to this moment. And even in this worship experience, Father, I ask that you would speak to hearts and speak to minds. That you would draw us ever so closer to, to truly knowing you. To really know you that nothing else that is happening in the world would ever dissuade us from the truth of who you are. Help us as the church to be who you've called us to be, that through us, others may know you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ah, Saints of God, It's an exciting time because God has entrusted you in this season, in this setting. John, we said it before, we talked about it, how uh, no matter, we could have been in any other era in time, and yet God has blessed and trust you to exist in this era. And hear me well, brothers and sisters, God has a purpose for you being here. There's a reason why he's at all the times of of humanity, they could have been facing some of the dilemmas that we're facing today. There's a reason why God kept this remnant. God kept this, you, the saints of God, the body of God here on earth. There's a reason why he placed you in the country of the United States of America. There's a reason why he placed you in your family. There's a reason why he's assigned you to your community. It's because God wants to use you to shine the light of his glory that others might know him as. well. I hope you get this because we're the church. We are the church. That's why we are the church at home. We are the church at work. We are the church in the sanctuary and something happens when the church gathers. There's a reason why we gather together as the church because when we gather together as a church we get to be reminded that being the church, we are in essence, get this, the work of Christ himself. Uh, Come on, journey with me for a moment because you might remember that dialogue that Jesus had with his disciples when they were walking about Jesus, asked them what was the the trending topic of the day of who he was and what others were saying, who he was and then he turns to those who've been walking with him, those who've seen his miracles, those who participated in ministry with him, those who saw his activity. He says, well now tell me who do you say that I am? You remember, right? It was Peter in the back of the crowd. No, I don't think Peter was in the back. I think Peter was always in the front. Jumping up and down with his hands raised. He said, I know, I know. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ then turns to him and says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, upon this rock, this truth, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Here, Christ declaring that the church is his work. He is building the church with so much power, so much influence, that even the gates of hell will not be able to stop the work of God through the church. We don't need the government to tell us what or not the church is essential. Christ already said that the church was essential because he's building the church. And it's through the church that lives will be saved and through the church that the community will be impacted. Am I getting too excited too fast, Heather? I just realized that when we are a part of God's family, God's body, there is nothing God cannot do through us, the church. Uh, we're We're, We're the work of Christ, but not only the work of Christ, you heard me say that we are the body of Christ. See, I was telling you before about Matthew 16 and 18, but uh, now I want you to look at uh, Colossians 1, 17 through 18, because right there, he tells us that we are the body of Christ, and Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's talking about the church. Look at verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. It is Christ who holds us together. It is Christ who Keeps us as one. Christ prayed that we would be one, and is he who holds us as the body of Christ, so that as Casting Crown declares in their song, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, that that God uses us as his body, as he guides us into the world, not to hang in holy huddles, but to huddle to get hope, to be reminded of the hope, so we can go out and help others know that we have a living hope, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we are the body of Christ. So we're the work of Christ, and as a church, we are the body of Christ. But let me give you a third essential. Not only are we are the work of Christ and the body of Christ, but uh, saints of God, look around. Look around. No, like, really, look. Look around. At home, look around. Look around. If you're not by yourself, if you see someone else, uh, we are a, a family in Christ. Uh, that, that, that what makes us essential is that as a family, y'all, we get to hold each other accountable. As a family, we get to say, hey, I, I didn't I didn't see you last Sunday. How are you doing? As a family, we get to come alongside of each other when we're going through and, and, and share with one another. As a family, we can be real about sometimes it's just frustrating to be in this time. Can I be transparent for a moment? I got the microphone, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I, I was there in, in my d- devotional time before God, and I said, God, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of pretending to be happy when, when, when really on the inside I, I'm struggling with everything that's going on. And you know what? As the body of Christ, one of the beauties is, is that we can be authentic and transparent with each other and say, listen, I need you to pray for me right now because what I'm going through right now is not fun for me right now. Am I the only one there? Huh? I'm the only one that every time you turn on the news, that, so young people are like, what's news? We don't even do that. Anyway, every uh, t- time you turn on news that, that, that it's just just it seems so, so hopeless. Every time you're looking for, for some spark of, of good news, there's always just, just, just division and, and disappointment all around, and that's where I was, and God reminded me to get to the church. I'm the pastor, y'all. I get, to, I get to, to, to grow in ministry with you all as a campus. Uh, but, but there are times as a pastor, uh, this might get me in trouble, Shannon. I might need some help here. Uh, I don't always want to be at, at church. At church. But then when I get amongst the church, something starts to happen, and the Spirit of God reminds me that it is in Him that we have our hope, not in what's happening out in the world, but it's in Him that we have our hope. And when we gather as a church, we get to encourage one another. We get to be there for one another. We get to love one another, that if you don't get love nowhere else in the world, you'll get it right here in the church because the church is a family of love, a family of God. And God loves his church. God cares for the church. God loves the world. And he invites us to be a part of his body through Christ Jesus, the church. And when we choose to do that, we can live, get this, in a confidence that Christ is coming back, and he's coming back Not for a political party, not for a political platform. He's coming back, not for a certain ethnicity. He's coming back for his church. And so it's essential. So as a church, since we are the work of Christ, as a church, since we are the body of Christ, as a church, since we are a family in Christ, let us grow together in our relationship with Christ. That's why I invite all of you right now. Pull out your cell phones if you have them with you. Pull out your cell phones. Um, some of you are like, well, I was, I was playing this game on my cell phone, so I already have it open. Um, uh, pull, pull out your cell phones um, and, and go to our, our church website. Go to championforce.org forward slash devotional because together as a church family, we want to grow together in our knowledge of God. And I want to encourage you to sign up for what is called Essentials 100. So as a church family, we can know, grow, go, and give and serve together as one. Family. There it is. It should be right there behind me. There it is. Essential 100, where it's going to be our guide together as a church family, where we'll look at 50 texts from the Old Testament, 50 texts from the New Testament, and we'll see the big story, the meta narrative of the Word of God that tells us the character of God, that leads us to learning more about God and to being more influenced by God. We are the church, and He's calling the church to be. The church. So come on, sign up. Make sure you sign up. You have cards that will be available for you in the foyer. You may have gotten it when you came in. But as we go through this five-week series of the essential church, we want you to be locked in as one body, studying God's word together so that we might be influenced by God's word and influence others by the word of God. If you're going to do that, say amen for me. All right. Uh, together, let us let us sign up and grow together because God cares for us. We know God cares for the church. We know God's care for the church because the Word of God itself is testament that God is concerned about His church. So concerned about his church there the within the writings of sacred text tells us uh the heart of god for humanity it invites us to know god as holy god that the word of god is about god and in god's word because god is so concerned for his church he puts in there some encouragement for his people who strive to live in relationship with him one such letter is that what the apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi that's where we're going this morning Philippians as we look at what's worth knowing that you must know and all that you know what you must know is Christ Jesus who you must know is Christ Jesus and so there we are in Philippians if you have your Bibles go ahead and turn there if you have a smartphone turn on your Bible to Philippians some of you still are signing up I appreciate you doing that so after you sign up come on and join us in Philippians we're right there in the third chapter third chapter of Philippians is where our message for the morning is coming from because truthfully in essence this is what God wants us to know that no matter what's happening in the world uh He writes, God God inspires Paul to write that third chapter. We'll start at the first verse. But Ed, you know it. He says, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble, Paul says, to me, and it's safe for you. To do what? To rejoice in the Lord. Uh, We got to start here. Because God is speaking to the saints of God through his servant Paul, and he pins this reminder. He he, he writes uh, this uh, repeatedly in this letter. We call it an epistle in the New Testament where Paul writes to believers, to the saints, and he reminds the saints to have joy. He reminds those who accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, who are being led under the lordship of Christ, he reminds them that they ought to have a reoccurring joy. That that within their life, there ought to be a, a spring welling up of joy continually. But get this, why is it necessary for them to be reminded? Why is it necessary for you to be reminded? Because the truth is, some, sometimes life can, can throw you with so many different uh, um, um, obstacles that, that at times you feel like you're facing one storm after another storm after another storm, even driving through the storm. And, and, and you got to be reminded that you're not on this journey by yourself. Oh, let me tell you all, it, it, it was, uh, many of you know that we, we celebrated 24 years of Keanu putting up with me. I mean, no, I'm sorry, I didn't say that the right way. Uh, 24 years of marriage, and we celebrate marriage here at Champion Forest Baptist Church, Jersey Village. Uh, we, we celebrate God bringing a man and a woman together, and, and, and we celebrate how God continues to, to show forth his love for the church through the love for a husband and a wife. And so we celebrate that thing. So, Mike, here we were. We were traveling, and I was trying to get to our destination. It's as though the, the storm clouds opened up and just poured down on our vehicle. didn't look like anybody else was going 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 through what we were going through. We right down the highway, and it is poured down, Gail. As I was going, I think Keanu wanted me to stop driving because she couldn't see in front of me. And if your wife is anything like mine, she tried to tell you how to drive when you... 24 years, she's been, she been, she been putting up with me. Huh? And so, so so I was here, we, we were driving, we we can't see in front of us, uh, but but just just a smidget of the roadway. We couldn't see in front of us, but just, just a little bit of the roadway. And then something happened, Seth, as I was driving, that there were some reflectors on the side. That, there was no visibility. Other vehicles, we couldn't even see them, but there were some reflectors on the side. And as we continued journeying, all I could follow was the light from the reflector that was on the side. As I made my way through the storm, coming. here, of God. God wants you to realize that there's so much happening in your life where you have joy reflectors that show you that the light of Christ is still at work. God is still at work in your life. God is still moving in your life. God is still actively involved in your life. And when it looks like you can't go any further, start looking around your life and you'll see those reflectors shining so that you can be mindful that I can have joy no matter what's happening around me because God is on the journey with me. This is where we are. Paul is writing this text. He's writing this text, and you have to see the context. He's writing to believers who are the church, and he tells the church that we can have joy. You're missing it. Paul is not writing from a place of comfort. He's inspired by God while he is chained up, locked up imprisoned. He is in a prison. He's not in a palatial palace. Paul is in Roman captivity. He's restricted from movement. He can't visit those he loves. He feels as though he can't move out of what he's in, and yet he is still trying to give others hope. Have you ever been there before? He's, he's in a situation where it looks like he ought to not have hope, and yet he is telling believers that we can rejoice in the Lord. How is it that someone could be in a situation where they are in captivity? Someone could be in a situation where they're not able to exercise liberties the way they are accustomed to exercising liberties. How is it that someone could be in a situation where they're restricted and someone else is telling them how they can and what they can and cannot do? How is it they can still have joy? Uh, Paul tells us we can have joy because we at the church are in the Lord. Man, I hope y'all get this, that, 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 that we are able to have joy in every circumstance when the motivation for our joy is not our circumstances. He's calling us to understand the treasure that we have in knowing Christ for ourselves. So, this is how Paul impacts it. Look with me in the text. But Not only does he tell us that we can have joy, he talks about the fact in verse 3 that we, the church, are the circumcision, the chosen ones who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus Keep your Bibles open and put no confidence in the flesh. Somebody say no confidence in the flesh. This is where he is. You want to know how to have lasting joy as the body of Christ? Watch where you put your confidence and your confidence ought not be put in the flesh. He says, we ought not to have any confidence in the flesh. But look at what he says further. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh and and this this self-righteousness, I, Paul says, have more. Check it out. Look at his religious resume. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteous under the law, I was blameless. Check him out. He says, but I have no confidence in this, but whatever I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, here it is, of knowing Christ Jesus. Look at what Paul's saying. He's saying through the inspiration of God, as he encourages the church, that he himself, as he compared the worth of a relationship with God to every other connection he had, he said nothing compares to being in a relationship with God. Hear the truth, saints of God. That knowing Christ is the worthiest pursuit of your life. Oh, I I, I want to unpack this for a moment. Paul Paul demonstrates that we ought to strive to to know him. And so in verse, verse 10, he says, the one thing, his one pursuit is that he might know him and the power of the resurrection, that he may share in the suffering of Christ being made Uh, like him in his debt that by any means possible, he may attain the resurrection of the dead. Let's unpack for a moment. He says uh, uh, he's not taking any confidence in the flesh because he could have taken confidence in his ethnicity. You saw it there. He says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was from the right people group, if you would. He he was from that chosen nation of Israel. His lineage pointed to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He came from people who knew God personally, but get this, he couldn't have any confidence in their relationship with God if he's going to have joy in his life because you can't get joy for someone else's faith and someone else's salvation. You have to know God for yourself. Uh, He he says, says, "I, I don't take any confidence in that, but hold on. He pushes it. He said, if you check my 23andMe report, he said, if you check my Ancestry.com report, you realize that I come from a lineage of warriors. Because when you see the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin were loyal to the throne. And so when you trace them from Old Testament to New Testament, you realize that these were some big ballers, some shot callers. Can I say that in here? Uh, that, that, that that people didn't mess with this lineage. People didn't mess with the tribe of Benjamin because they knew that if you cross the tribe of Benjamin, well, that'd be the last tribe you cross. They might have been the smallest tribe, but they sure enough didn't take anything. Don't look at your parents right now. They might be from that tribe. And yet he says, I can't take confidence Hold on, in my ethnicity, but then he pushes it a little bit further, and he says, I can't take confidence in my culture as a Pharisee, my religious party, if you would, because he was a Pharisee amongst Pharisees, and they were of the scholarly type. They were ones who focused on the written law and the oral traditions, and what he says is that I can't take confidence even in tradition." So, Paul, if you can't take confidence in your ethnicity and you can't take confidence in your tradition, then what do you take confidence in? Uh, if you can't take confidence in where you're from and you can't take confidence in your people because people will always let you down, what conf- where's your confidence lie? In short, he says, my confidence lies in my relationship with God. Can I tell it to you this way? I was there, y'all. I was there in 1983. I know for some of you that was a long time ago. For you, some of you that was just around the corner. I, I, was, I was there because I had my, my faith and my confidence that was built up in the patriarch of our family, my grandfather who was a local pastor and he poured into my life and I thank God for the efforts that he poured into my life but in this moment, in this year, my grandfather transitioned and he was no longer with us. I, I, I wanna forget this because there I was trying to figure out uh, how do I make it? What is the truth of my life? And uh, who's going to guide me? Where I'm going to go from here? And and everything seemed to be fragile. And then there I was uh, in his study after after we laid him the rest. And I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. I'm confused. And, and I go in his study, and I pulled one of his sermon manuscripts. And there written in his sermon manuscripts is, Build your hope on things eternal. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. And in that moment, I realized, I remembered that, you know what, that my grandfather was a resource, but God is my source. I'm trying to help you understand something, that if you want to have joy and if you want to have confidence, then don't put your confidence in anything that is man-made. Let your confidence be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Thank you, babe. (laughs) He wants us to build our relationship in Christ. So what he says is that he wants to know him. That in everything, he wants to live his life in a deepening relationship with Christ. Because truthfully, that's the only thing that really matters. Come on, stand all over the building if you can. And so how does, how do we do this? How, how do we know more about a God who makes himself knowable? How do we get closer to him? Well, you got to understand, for some of us, we know, we know Christ intellectually. We could tell you the gospel message. We could tell you the stories we've heard of the Bible. But our relationship with him stops right there. And if that's where your relationship with God stops, you really don't have a relationship, you just know about Him. Paul was there. He said, I was a Pharisee amongst Pharisees. I knew the law. But Some of us, we know God experientially, that there had been a moment in your life where it was cathartic, and you saw God was moving, but you didn't really accept the invitation to go further with Him. You saw Him heal but you didn't put your hand in his hand. You, you saw him deliver, but but you didn't go all the way with him. Paul said, I was there. Until that Damascus Road experience where Christ himself steps up in front of Paul and says, I want you in relationship with me. Because what God is calling us to, it's to know him intimately, personally. Not to know about him, but to know him. Well how do we do it? It's right there. Paul says, so so I press. I forget those things that are behind me. I, I press for those things that are before me. I, I press for the higher calling that's in Christ Jesus. I press past anything that will, will get me away or be an obstacle to me knowing God. I press through bad relationships. I." press through obstacles. I pressed through anything that was holding me back because I realized that other relationships will let you down. I tried that. I tried to pacify it, but God says this is the only relationship that you really need, and there's a God-sized void in your life that only God can fill, and you, my saints of God, you got to press. Listen, God is calling us to press beyond the chaos, beyond the trends that we press into His presence. So right now, right now, wherever you are, I don't want you to feel rushed, but I know that God is moving. God wants us in a greater, a deeper relationship with Him. If you've been there and you've been distracted and you've been down and you've been disappointed, God says He has a hope for you. He wants you to experience joy. He wants you to know Him personally and I want to invite you right now, wherever you are If I want to pray with you, listen if you're willing to, wherever you are, leave from where you are, come down here, let's press our way in the presence of God come on you all, let's know Him for ourselves, let's feel this room with with, with, with with the praises that come from Him because He wants us to know Him. I know normally we just send you to a room and we have that available for you to pray in the room but listen you all, there's some families that God is trying to draw together to infuse hope again, to infuse joy there some, there, there's somebody here where your heart has been breaking and you're trying to figure out how do I renew that joy? I invite you to come right now. Come on you all let, let's pray together as family units gather with each other, let's let's pray together. If you need a relationship with God and you want that, come on, come on, come on. Let, let's let's come on. Let's pray together. Listen, listen. God is calling us to press, press beyond what's been in the way. Let's press to be with Him. Press to be more. Like, him. come on, I see you coming. Give them a hand as they come. Come on, come on, come on. Let's encourage each other as we we press. Come on, you can do better than that because God is moving. God wants us to press our way to him. Come on, saints of God, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Whatever's been standing in the way, I'm asking you to push past that. Whatever has been holding you back, it's time for us to repent. Whatever that is that has made us stray away from him today, we repent of that. We come before him and we press into his presence. He wants us to have a relationship with him. So come on. Come on. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.